gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast where it's our second birthday and we're doing an episode about it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I had like, like one of those sound, those like noisemakers, but I don't. Next time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Chardonnay, Jesse Blount. And yeah, this is our the second birthday of our of, of this year podcast. It feels like a lifetime ago because 2020 has been four decades long. Yes. For us listeners, it is our birthday is in two days. For you, our birthday was, I believe, 26 days ago. But either way, New Year's Day is our birthday. That's the first when the first episode of The Gaily Prophet dropped. And it's very exciting. And we're just going to talk about some stuff. And it's going to be really cute. And you're going to love it. So we're going to do like a bit of a retrospective, I guess. Let's see. Where should we start? Uh, I guess I'm, I just want to say that I'm really glad that the biggest and really only major traveling I've done this year was to go to Florida with you <laughs> and Evan. <laughs> I know. That's honestly made me happy so many times because I usually leave for my birthday. And this past year, instead of doing a birthday trip, I did that trip with you and Nicole. And... My birthday was the last day before we like really figured out what was going on with COVID. It's the last time that I hung out with someone IRL without a mask on was March 18th of 2020. And I have so many times been like, I'm so fucking glad that I took that vacation when I did. And it was so great. It was so great. I know. I just I got I got a couple of photos from that trip printed out in an actual photo, and I was like, we were having such a great time. <laughs> and almost like that feels like it happened five years ago. It I'm does. Like, that was still twenty twenty. Ah, the beach. Remember the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, this is also. I think my friendship with you is the probably least changed friendship out of all of mine because we live in different places and we've always just been communicating via like video chat. Yes. Yeah. I feel like whenever I've talked to people and they're like, what is different with quarantine and whatever? I'm like, I mean, not a whole lot. And I think a lot of that is because my main thing that I always do every week is record with you and that's been exactly the same and that has been like a real source of comfort over all of this yeah this has definitely been a year where my anxiety has been at unknown levels of just like am i gonna pass out from the amount of anxiety that i have in my body at any given time yeah and like yeah being able to 
take a couple hours and be like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking read Carry On a couple of times this chapter and we're going to record it. Or I'm going to like be angry about <laughs> something ridiculous in this Harry Potter chapter. It's been good to feel angry about a thing that doesn't have as high stakes as all of the high stakes things that have happened in 2020. And I think, too, that's one of the things there's maybe more of an association here happening in my head than actually in existence, but whatever, that's ADHD life for you. But that sort of like, okay, we're angry about a thing that's like not what's happening in the world and kind of objectively doesn't matter. And yet we having the Gaily Prophet as a way to meaningfully be politically active in this world in a way that isn't causing burnout and is physically possible for me has been so helpful to like my soul and we have heard from so many people that they learn so much from our podcast and like have had a lot of really awesome meaningful conversations with listeners about you know the ways that their experience of the things that are going on this year have been shaped and expanded by listening to us and like looking at the things that we put out on the internet and that's just really wonderful (laughs) it just feels like so fucking good yeah i think a year ago i probably would have been like you know bringing jury people's lives is super important but you know eyes on the prize bigger things happening in the world and this is a year where i'm like oh no we need as fucking much joy and like laughter as we can get in this (laughs) because it's like uh, besides if you like if you don't celebrate small stuff and like find the joy in the small things it's like you're going to burn out and be a a husk of a person (laughs) and i mean part of it is that of course i also felt very similar to some of the podcasts that i super love where you know i'll be like doing work or doing a thing and i'm just like stressed out about the world or whatever and then like so it's something funny in a podcast i'm just like laughing hysterically and i'm like oh my god i needed that so badly (laughs) i just needed someone to make a ridiculous joke and then I'm like almost crying <laughs> as opposed to crying from like everything it's just like oh, I can just have this moment and just have a connection with the people on the podcast and be like we're, we're all having a good time here <laughs> you know and a time where it's like I desperately need to be having a good time with people even if there are people that I'm listening to on my phone <laughs> from the iTunes podcast app totally Yeah. And I mean, 100%. I think I was thinking about it more in terms of like, actual ways of addressing the things that have been going on this year, which we do both in terms of allegory, right? Like our politics section. And I have so throughout this episode, I want to read you a couple emails that we have gotten. And one of them I want to read now because it feels relevant is from Coralie. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Coralie. I don't know. Which says, I'm working my way through your episodes. It's it's an unreal experience because I'm listening to things that happened when things felt so much worse than they are now. This is a fairly recent email. I'm 13 and I have to go to school online right now. Harry Potter was what helped me through a lot of my family passing away when I was around eight years old. 
I have a complete adoration for all the things that you are doing with the community. As a young queer, it's it's the best way to celebrate my queerness during a time where I can't reach out to my friends in the same way. You are so powerful and wonderful, the way that you are sending these incredible messages through media. It's such a joy to listen to those who see Harry Potter the same way I do. As well as learning so much about how to be a good person and others and others' experiences and feel more connected to my fellow queers. I have tried to spread it to other queers my age who are struggling with their families and themselves. J.K. Rowling attacking our community hurts me more than I can say, and I'm so glad to have people with me in that grief of her evil, as well as listening to a group who is purely anti-racist. I look forward to listening to you every day. Thank you so much. I know. That was so great. Honestly, I don't know if there's a higher compliment than hearing from like a middle schooler that we are helping them learn how to be a person good people is that what it said helping me be a better person like that's so fucking rad that's so incredible i don't know it just feels so good to be like that's the thing that's happening i feel like it's especially great because i know that when i was in middle school and high school there are people in my life that definitely helped me become the critical politically aware person that i am and like i don't know what my life would have looked like without that kind of influence especially because even though i see so many woke teenagers on tiktok there's still like a ton of young people who are just kind of not sure how to engage politically or maybe for whatever reason feel very apathetic which i understand because it's the world that young people are, are inheriting is fucking shitty and I feel very like I feel just awful so I don't know I just so I feel like as an adult I've always felt it was my responsibility to be like all right I have to pay forward the kind of nurturing that I receive as a young person to be like a caring critical aware person in society and so it feels really good that it's it's happening through a thing that I enjoy doing which is yelling about Harry Potter totally yes yeah as complicated as this year has been in terms of Harry Potter as a entity doing this work, I'm like, I've found my calling. Like, this is the thing that I want to be doing and feels, I don't know, good and right. And I don't know, it kind of feels like, no, that allegory doesn't make any sense. Can I, can I maybe offer a suggestion of maybe how it feels a little bit for me? Mm-hmm. I feel the conversations we have is a little bit like how I always wanted literature classes when I was in college to go, where it's like, we're going to read this text, we're going to analyze it, you know, like really kind of get into the meat of what's happening and the kind of the implications of this and like all of these things. And, you know, we're going to, it's going to sound so very cliche, like open our minds and maybe even like change our thinking through literature and I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, it didn't happen for me because, I mean, I went to a very small white Lutheran college. So everyone was just kind of like, I don't feel I feel uncomfortable talking about race in these books. And I'm like, I literally hate you so much. Why did you take this class? Uh, so this is kind of like what high school Jesse imagined college would be. But college was was not that because capitalism. But this mm-hmm. is like we are having a conversation and people are engaging with us and being like, oh, I can take in these thoughts and analysis and points and kind of use them in my everyday to like be a more empathetic person to other people and also myself. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, struggling with 
your identity is hard and especially if you're a queer person you know like it's not all unicorns and rainbows as we all know (laughs) this actually leads really nicely into the next email that i want to read yes okay good because i was like i don't know how to end this thought i just have a lot of feelings it is from reina who says jesse and lark I'm 16 and I identify as a genderqueer lesbian. I honestly have no idea how to convey how much you and your podcast mean to me. You two really do inspire me every single day, make me happy when absolutely nothing else does, and I feel as if you are my queer parental figures in a sense. I hope that's not too much pressure. Listening to The Gaily Prophet and Escape from Reality, you both talk about your experiences and trauma without judgment and more or less freely. And it has kind of given me permission to think about my own trauma and feel my feelings about it instead of repressing it and the vocabulary to talk about it with my therapist. In addition, your open conversations about mental health have helped me feel less shameful about my mental illnesses. So thank you. I don't know how I could thank you enough for the validation of my thoughts, feelings, gender, and sexuality that I haven't received from most people in my life. I know it was unintentional, but it makes me unbelievably happy. Listening to your podcast inspires me like nothing else and helped me come to terms with my pronouns, she and they, and I have since been brave enough to put them in my Instagram bio, which is very exciting for me. Your podcasts make me feel at home and make me feel safe, and I truly love you for it. I'm sorry if I info dumped on YouTube, but thank you so, so, so much for reading my message and for creating these incredible, intelligent, hilarious, spectacular podcasts and spaces for queer nerds to thrive. I got chills like five times while I was reading that. I'm like about to cry. All all I ever wanted to do is create a, a safe space for like tender queer nerds because the world is hard on tender queer nerds and we need to stick together. <laughs> yep. Also, it is not too much pressure to be called someone's queer parental figures. Like that is no. goals. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I will happily be anyone's cool queer aunt. I don't know. Send me your graduation pictures and I'll congratulate you. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I also want a cool queer aunt and uncle. And I'm still looking for that. (laughs) So if we have any older queers listening. (laughs) (laughs) We'll adopt all the babies, but the elders need to adopt us. That's the deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's the best fucking feeling. Uh, yeah, I'm like so overwhelmed with feeling. I just want to nurture queer weird weirdos. It's it's hard to be a queer weirdo. So very hard. Yep. So as someone who spent my entire life as a queer weirdo feeling completely out of place for a variety of reasons. <laughs> and like not really until like my 30s being like, yep, that's who I am. Fuck it. I'm, I'm not changing for y'all. I'm not giving myself less weird I'm over that. Yeah. So, Speaking of things about this work that feel good, you had wanted to talk about some of our other campaigns and stuff like that that we've done, right? Yes. I just want to say thanks to our patrons and to folks who brought Make Harry Potter Gayer 2020 stickers. We were able to give money to some really cool folks and organizations that like we would not have been able to without everyone's support. And that also feels good to like be able to spread the love and be able to be like, I can't physically go down to these places and help you. So here is some money (laughs) Mm -hmm. for the people who are actually doing it. It feels really good that like our 
our podcast community is also just very giving and being like, yeah, let's give some money to these folks. Yeah. And we did really well with our the Hogwarts is for Everyone stickers, too. Those are for us. In June? Did we not donate the sticker proceeds? Or is it the Patreon funds? We donated our Patreon funds. That The Hogwarts for Everyone sticker was a way to compensate us for the hundreds of hours of work that we did around JK Rowling. We donated this year to Trans Lifeline. We donated to two separate bail funds. Uh, we still are, as soon as the Hermione Hex the Patriarchy stickers sell out, we're donating those to the Trans Women of Color Collective. And then we donated a bunch of like physical goods to homeless folks and indigenous folks who are displaced by the uh, wildfires here this summer. Like just changing real lives. Just... Oh, and the Hogwarts for Everyone postcards, those went to trans folks and then some of it just got given to gender reveal for them to distribute because they have a bigger platform than us. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just, I guess I'm just constantly amazed about all the ways we are like changing people's lives that's that's impressive that is a impressive amount of donations we have distributed yeah and which we obviously like we couldn't have done that without the community that we have built which is so fucking rad hashtag mutual aid yeah (laughs) yes i've been calling 2020 the year that the u.s became socialist without the government's participation (laughs) Yeah, yep. <laughs> I just watched a TikTok where someone was talking about how and the many ways in which the U.S. is against socialism and the music he plays underneath it is a very, like, twinkly version of the Imperial March from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yep, America is in fact the Empire. Yep. And we are the resistance. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 yeah, I just... It's just nice to be reminded in a, also in a year when so many people were acting without any empathy to like feel hopeful about other people. Yes. I definitely have a hard candy core of cynicism around my heart <laughs> about humanity, about people in general. Uh, and so it's just, it's really good to be reminded that like, our listeners are fucking incredible people and there are fucking incredible people who are like going above and beyond in this world. You know, that's hard on all of us. Like capitalism, late stage capitalism is fucking the worst. Mm-hmm. It's crushing us all under the vice of, wait, is that a vice when you screw it together to hold it still? What, do you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Okay. Under the vice of keeping billionaires fucking billionaires. So yeah. I don't know. I just, I just love all you guys out there listening to us in the world that I don't know about but I'm just like there is uh in the like early days of the Night Vale fandom someone made a little animated gif of uh, a person like laying in their bed under the covers with their headphones on just listening to like the intro of you know welcome to Night Vale and it's like it's so cozy so I just hope everyone is able to have a cozy moment with this podcast and continue to be cozy like life is short just Give into wearing footy pajamas and having a weighted blanket and laying around listening to podcasts. Yes. And yelling. <laughs> yelling at them. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the 
development of the work that we do this year. I want to talk a little bit about just how much our podcast has grown. Uh, I actually just looked and The Gaily Prophet is charting at number 181 on Apple Podcasts in the books category, which like considering how many podcasts are in the running for that is super high. And that's really fucking rad. That's so cool. I know. I feel like my what my 2021 goal for the podcast is to get in the 100, the top 100. Yeah. That would be my dream. That c- goes very well with my 2021 goal, which is to hit a million downloads by the end of the year. And I think it's possible. We ended last year with uh, 92,000 downloads, which is still a ton for a brand new podcast. That number tripled this year. If we triple again, we'll be at a million downloads by the end of next year. So to our wonderful listeners, tell your friends and help us hit that goal. It's, I mean, even just where we are right now, like we're, according to all of the internet statistics, our podcast is in the top 10% of podcasts in terms of listeners. And like, I mean, I set out to make a podcast that was a big deal when we started this, but like, it's still such an incredible feeling to see that and be like there's like 90,000 podcasts and we're in the top 10%. Holy shit. I mean, plenty of podcasts are not as good as us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is like that is like super exciting. And especially it's it's exciting because I have to be a little bit honest about this. I always feel a little bit irrationally angry when a famous person starts a podcast because it's like you're going to have a shit ton of listeners immediately because you're like in TV and movies and what have you. And this isn't to say that like I'm not talking about the like Nicole Byers or the uh, JC Manzoukas of the world. Those folks are like that's part of their income. I'm not begrudging that. But like David Tennant started a podcast and I love David Tennant. Don't get me wrong. But it's like really bro? Really? Like, you're still getting huge roles out there in the world. Did you Did you really miss out a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just super exciting that two people who don't have household name recognition are in this, like, top percentage of podcasts. Like, it's just, it's just really awesome. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I also, I think, I feel the same way, and I feel more that way when people who have platforms and, like, big sources of income elsewhere have patreons i get really mad about that i'm like you're making things that people want they're gonna like pay for the things that you're making on patreon but you don't need that money and like other people do that's rude yeah same thing for people who are famous who have only fans it's like you know people are making the money they're making only fans for rent and like food and you're just on here just because like no get the fuck off of only fans yeah totally fuck are you doing i mean like OnlyFans and Patreon are a very similar, offer a very similar service, which is giving people income for the work that they are doing digitally. You know, if you don't need that income, get get the fuck off. <laughs> like, some of us are like, this is the thing that we're doing. Yeah, which leads really nicely into me talking about the fact that as of this past February, this is the only job that I have. Uh, listeners may have noticed that at some point I stopped talking about the other work that I do because I don't do it anymore. I still do tarot readings. I do maybe like three a month 
on average. But other than that, all of the money that I make comes from the podcasts. And it was really scary when I decided to do it, but I was in the position basically of either quitting the podcast or quitting my other job. And I really, really didn't want to quit the podcast. And so I just sort of trust fell into all of your arms and you caught me. I'm not going to say like I'm making enough money, but I'm getting by with my and my partner's combined incomes. And I feel confident that I'm like, I will make enough money. And like, that's a really cool feeling. It, uh, I don't know. It was so scary to make that decision. And I can't even adequately express how validating it is that it was an okay decision to make. Yeah, I actually was a little worried that first couple months. I'm like, do we bring in enough people for you to do this? <laughs> I'm like, oh God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks to the best virtual crowd surfing, you were able, you, every, everyone caught you when you did that trust fall and you've been kind of like coasting across in the gentle yes. crowd surfing. <laughs> I haven't crowd surfed since I was like 13. Um, I never have and I've always wanted to, but as a fat person, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel confident enough that anyone's going to catch me. I... At concerts where people crowd surf, let me tell you that dudes who are like six foot four and built like football players have no qualms about crowd surfing and they're not dropped. So like if it's a big enough arena, you know, maybe not at a punk show because everyone gets dropped at punk shows. But (laughs) if you're seeing good Charlotte, which is where (laughs) I crowd surfed, you totally will have enough people to be able to crowd Whenever it's safe to like be on a dance floor, I'm gonna like lose my mind. I just saw a TikTok of a dude who's like, I love going to punch, I love going to mosh at punk shows because it's the only time that me as a black man feels comfortable wailing the fuck out of white dudes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I want to experience that. It sounds great. Oh my god. I want to go to the goth club and mosh people. <laughs> oh god, where? I'm sorry. Where did this? Where did this? conversation start because i've taken it to a very strange place oh right you being able to quit your job and like that's so awesome and also we would definitely be the uh our the the scope and the depth of the work that we do would be a tenth of what it is if you weren't doing this full time and like i don't know i don't know i feel like i should be thanking you but i feel like that's weird i don't know no i always think it's funny when i talk to like friends who clearly just like really don't have a grasp of what I do. So they'll be like, what are you up to? And I'm like working and like, you know, life. And they're like, what is, what, what does working mean? Like, what are you doing? And like, well, for like five to six hours every day, I sit at a computer and I do work like other people who have jobs. Like I do computer stuff i answer emails i like (laughs) make graphics i fulfill merch orders i edit the podcasts i actually have like seven jobs you should (laughs) just tell people that you are uh, managing a small business because basically you are like all of those things are things that 
people who manage small businesses do and when they are too are small enough they can't outsource those things and honestly as someone who used to work in a social media management company uh you're doing definitely a way better job than a lot of people who even have departments to pay people to design <laughs> and like post stuff so yeah i mean this this basically is what this podcast is it is a small business it is that's true um right and speaking of which do you want to talk about hashtag ruthless yes uh we we've expanded our our uh repertoire of podcasts this year now we have three podcasts and with obvious commonalities in between uh escape from reality and we are the gayers and the gayly prophet but since we are expanding beyond just a harry potter podcast we are going to soon be putting all of those things under the umbrella of hashtag Ruthless Productions, your favorite indie media production company, because we are still aggressively independent. Uh, <laughs> we do not have any sponsors, so you never have to sit through any ads on this here show, except for the ones where we ask you for money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> Which... If anyone has suggestions for a section title for uh, Escape from Reality for a part where we ask you for money, will you email us? Because the only one I can think of is I'm just a poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go for that. <laughs> uh. Okay. Cool. As long as it's funny and not like rude. I mean, it fits well in our styling it after lyrics from bohemian rhapsody right it would have to be a lyric from bohemian rhapsody so yeah so like right everything nested now nested under hashtag ruthless which we're maybe gonna change our handles and like website and stuff it's very tricky we'll get back to you all about that but so we have escape from reality which is our simon snow podcast and we have We Are the Gayers, which is a Patreon-only podcast about Buffy. And I've heard from three separate people as of today that they now associate going outside and seeing the full moon with the release of a new We Are the Gayers <laughs> episode. Yes. I, like, we, we have a moon-linked podcast. Like, I can't <laughs> think of anything better than this. That is like... The most witchy thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's so wonderful. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, which is also great because rewatching Buffy has been also a joy. <laughs> I know. And it's bringing up all of my like, oh, I have all these partially completed Buffy fan fictions in my in my Google Drive. I should finish those. <laughs> yes. <sighs> But yeah, so we're, it doesn't totally make sense to, you know, have our other projects linked to the Gaily Prophet because one day we will no longer talk about Harry Potter and we'll be continuing to talk about other things, especially with We Are the Gayers because those are 22 episode seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to be doing it for so long. I did the math since we're skipping the bad episodes, which I just at a guess was like, there will be 12 of them that we don't watch. If that's true, we will be making this podcast for 11 years. Great. Yeah. Sounds perfect. (laughs) It does sound perfect. I love it. Hopefully in 11 years, I will be on my off-the-grid farm 
and I can just record in the attic <laughs> of my off my off grid farmhouse. Oh man, your internet connection is gonna be great. I know. Yeah, I actually have. I actually have to think about that. I'm like, oh fuck, can I get internet in some of these places? So it's a delicate balancing act of how far away from civilization am I gonna be because I need to have fast internet. Yep. So I did want to talk about a critical note that we got that I both want us to respond to, but also I like on a personal note want to respond to because this letter sparked something in me. So this is an extremely edited version of this note because it was like very full. Uh, So hopefully I didn't mess up any of the transitions, but it says... Hi, Lark and Jesse. In your Pride Q&A, someone asked you to describe how it felt to have a binary gender, and you made a sort of throwaway comment toward the end that maybe you should ask a cis person. It seemed like a joke, but I found it sort of unexamined and harmful in a way that reinforces the idea from within the queer and so-called trans-affirming communities that trans women aren't women and trans men aren't men. There are many trans people who know exactly what it feels like to have a binary gender and who could probably describe it better than most cis people. The idea that being trans makes you automatically on the outside of the gender binary is super dangerous and teaches well-meaning and relatively informed people that being trans means you are not a real man or woman and that your body and identity are a political statement. He also pointed out in the full conversation that he and I had that we have said things at other times on the podcast that also made him feel this way. And so obviously... Like, we talked about it when we got this letter, and we're like, okay, we're going to be really intentional and, like, mindful about that. But I think it's also important for us to talk about with our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for, like, letting letting us know about this. Because, like, I don't want our listeners to ever feel like we are dismissive of their gender identities. And especially for our trans listeners, like, enough dumbasses do that in other places uh that's not the space we're trying to cultivate here so i'm glad i'm glad that you know you brought this up here because that is definitely something i want to be mindful of and make sure that i am like being concise about like the language that i am using yeah and also just to be like very explicit that trans women are women and trans men are men like yeah we believe that I mean, it's, like, not even something that the word believe applies to. Like, we know that. Yeah, that is a fact. Right, exactly. And I I think when I think about that, I definitely can see how, like, my experience being a trans person who very intentionally politicizes my transness, like, I call myself a professional trans person, if I am inadvertently sort of like framing the trans experience through the lens of like my experience it definitely makes sense that it would come across as like trans bodies and identities are inherently a political statement which is just like not true that's just my personal like choice and experience is that I want to be very political about my gender identity and I, this really helped me realize that it's important for me to like see where my own 
experiences are like coming through in the way that I'm talking about the broader trans experience because like I'm only one person. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just want to say that like as a cis person, there's definitely more work I can be doing to like not say hurtful things to trans folks. And I am going to work on that personally and not take up anyone's (laughs) emotional time because that's always annoying. Yeah. But like, I think those are really good things just to kind of like keep in mind and to think about. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about something like personal that came up for me in part as a result of this letter, just because I feel like it's really exciting and it I very much like owe it to the podcast and to, yeah, to the podcast in a lot of ways, I think, entirely, actually. So like reading, I think specifically the part about like trans people know exactly what it feels like to have a binary gender and could describe it better than most cis people made me start thinking about just in general, even outside of the binary there are a lot of trans folks who know like exactly what their gender is and I feel like I talked about it when we were answering that question in a sort of like ambivalent way that was like if you're non-binary you have no idea what this feels like without taking into consideration that like outside of the the framing of the question of like how does a cis person know that they're cis like that question really is sort of just like, how do you know what a specific gender feels like? And like thinking about it, mm. that that can exist all the way all across the gender spectrum, basically. And so I was, I think it got me sort of like thinking about the fact that like, I know that I have a very specific idea of what my gender means to me and like what it is. And then reading the Chuck Tingle book and getting the language of being like, gender is what's in your soul, I think also really opened up something for me in terms of the way that I can think about and process my gender. And it has been like, I don't know, really interesting and really informative to think about. And I'm still like, I don't know where... I land in terms of whether or not the word non-binary applies to me. The reason I've consistently used the word non-binary to talk about my gender is that using the word man to describe myself feels very wrong. But I don't feel like my gender exists outside of the like bubble of like binary maleness. I mm-hmm the words like boy or anything that sort of is like a slightly emasculated version of like maleness (laughs) and like fag twink dandy whatever those are all correct right but man is not correct but like i through the process of this letter and then that episode have been like i don't know that that has to qualify as being non-binary which i think is interesting and something that I haven't really like seen talked about a lot and like it's really funny because when I first came out as trans I was like I feel like I'm a genderqueer boy like I'm genderqueer from the other side which gender's not actually a a line between two things yeah. but like if it if we're thinking of it that way it's like that's that's what my 
gender is. And I was like, that doesn't, that's not real. I can't have that. And like five years later, I'm like, I'm a genderqueer boy. <laughs> like, oops, <laughs> I nailed it the first time. <laughs> and I don't know. I think it helped me realize that like I consider genderqueer and non-binary to be different things, which not everyone does. But like I went on this journey from being like, I'm genderqueer to like, I'm non-binary. And now I'm like back to like, I'm genderqueer, but like I'm a genderqueer boy. And it feels like really rad. I don't, I still don't know if I can answer the question of like how I know aside from like, that's the only gender that I can like think about that doesn't make me feel a sort of like sense of repulsion which is like you know your gender when you feel a sense of rightness when you think about it which is like very broad and vague but yeah it I don't know is really cool and a thing that like inadvertently resulted from making this podcast that I'm like this is a fucking rad thing that happened for me this year yeah that's awesome I mean it's always good to learn more about yourself. Are your are your pronouns changing with this revelation? No, no. I mean, I think it helps me in some ways feel... I mean, I've always, since I started using he, him pronouns, I've been like, this is the right thing. But something feels more like clicked into place for me in terms of why those pronouns are the right pronouns for me. Yeah, I feel like where how this feels to me is sort of like I'm like binary masculine but not a binary man I think that there's more room within that than I was initially allowing myself to conceptualize I thought that makes sense to me oh new world okay sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> no, that's Maybe not a whole new world, but still very exciting. It is very exciting. So, yeah, thank you for two separate things, both for calling us <laughs> in about fucking up and also for helping me further, more accurately define what my gender is for myself. Yeah, I just have two cute things to close out with, but do you have anything else that you want to bring up before we do that? I don't think I do. Okay. So I just want to end this by reading the two best starts to an email that we received (laughs) this year. Okay. First one is from Persephone. She said, Hello again. It's your hopefully not least favorite autistic transbian with an unhealthy one-sided parasocial attachment to podcasts during quarantine. (laughs) A work of art. That is like a such good sentence structure too. That's... It's so good. Yeah, 10 out of 10. And it flows so well when you were reading it. I know. Oh my god. I I read it and was just like this is a this is a beautifully crafted sentence. And uh very understandable as someone who's like uh yeah, all the podcasts I listen to are my friends, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right. And the next one which we're going to close out on is from Adam who says Hello, I'm a slightly under 50 cishet white settler nightmare man that really enjoys listening to things from the perspectives of people with lives that are completely different from mine. Also so good. So good. I just want us all to have these like super snarky 
quirky string of descriptive words for ourselves that we can use to introduce ourselves that way. I don't know. I want one of these two people to write my like bio for our website. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is more painful for me as someone with self-esteem <laughs> issues than trying to write my own bio. That's why I wrote your bio. Yeah, you, did. you sure did write my bio. <laughs> it wasn't just like, don't perceive me, period. <laughs> it was not. Talks about your many fine qualities. <laughs> uh, I am just oh. I am just a fox in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a very fancy vest and a pocket watch. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety about the future, but I think the podcast is the one thing I don't have anxiety about. You know, we're gonna we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna bring out some new shit. It's we're gonna dream big this podcast we're gonna reach in the top 100 on itunes of Heck yeah, literature we podcasts we we will live our dream of becoming gay famous on the internet <laughs> yes the only exactly. kind of fame i want <laughs> hell yes <sighs> anyway yeah tell all of your friends to listen especially the ones who desperately need some uh critical race and gender and politics discussion wrapped in a delicious chocolatey Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> like a, what's a weird candy in Harry Potter? I don't know. Maybe we're more birds every flavored bean, actually, than we are any chocolate stuff. <laughs> Only not gross. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we are. You might get a sour one. You might get a sweet one. You might get a, like, bitter pill one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. Uh, I can keep just... going if you want. <laughs> um, everyone, this is our last episode until the end of Mercury Retrograde. So we will be back on February 23rd. One of our podcasts will be back that day. The Gaily Prophet will be back on March 2nd with our first Goblet of Fire episode. Oh my god, we've made it to Goblet of Fire. I know. I know. I'm so it's excited. So I, really, I really do like this book a whole lot. Me too. So, yeah, have a nice month without us. Re listen to the whole thing or something, and we'll be back in your ears with new content in a little, a little bit. Thank you for listening to this episode. Gaily Prophet is a creation of hashtag ruthless productions and is produced mixed and edited by me we're on patreon at patreon.com slash the gaily prophet we're at the gaily prophet on instagram and twitter our website is the gaily prophet.com we're on tumblr sort of at uh the gaily prophet podcast and you should find us all of those places because it's fun uh, if you want to see videos of my cat <laughs> and whatever foster cat I inevitably have at this point, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at live from Detroit or on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. I can be found on Instagram at Lark Malachi, where I post a decent number of pictures of me with my shirt off. So, you know, that's a thing. Thirst trap and dog photos. What? I said thirst traps and dog photos. What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I can also be found on my website, which is likemalachi.com, and that's where you can get a tarot reading from me. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And uh, until next time. Uh, Don't sign any contracts during the retrograde, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) 